to orient ourselves towards God and who he is and what he means for us and, uh, and, and, and to each other, to encourage each other in that, then to, to share some of our thanks. So that's what we're going to do. This chair up here is obviously to remind us about the Thanksgiving chair. And on when we open the microphone up and invite people to come up, which is going to be soon, um, you might want to stand next to this chair. You can sit in it, I suppose. Um, to say thanks um, probably best to stand next to it because we're going to be writing down our thanks and, and sticking them on there and so if we start sitting on it they might start falling off uh, but it'll remind us as we go now I'm just going to invite uh, Rhonda to come up and bring a reading to us from Romans chapter 18 verses 18 uh, sorry Romans 8 18 to 39. If you've got it there, you might read along. I'm about to find some reasons why we can be thankful out of this passage. I had to try really hard. Uh, anyway, you'll see as we look so, through it. From verse 18. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up until the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship, the redemption of our bodies. For this is the hope we were saved. Sorry, this is the hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is not hope at all. Who hopes for what is seen? Sorry, follow the lines. Who hopes for what they already have, but we have hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to, ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good for those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foresaw, foresaw sorry, God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. And those he predestined, he also called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then 
is the one who condemns. No one. Christ Jesus, who died. More than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God, is also interceding for us. Who still, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are f- we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loves us, loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank you. Okay, now if you, if you have a Bible there, you might keep it open to that passage because it really is a passage that is bursting with reasons why we can be thankful. And we didn't read the beginning of that chapter, but if you've got it there, you could glance back at it. You will see there, the beginning of chapter 8, a, a really powerful declaration of all that we have, what it means to have the Spirit of God as his people and the hope that we can have because of that. And yet, even with all of that, the end of that section, verse 17, it reminds us that as as followers of Jesus, even with the Spirit of God in us, we can expect struggles and suffering. So even with all that we have, difficulties. Now, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, am I? You, You know that, don't you? And like we don't come to a, a day like this where we're going to be thanking God. I don't think any of us come, do we? Kind of pretending that, you know, that God's made everything easy in our lives and good and nice. I mean, that's not what we're saying here, is it? Um, I mean, I have crossed paths with Christians that do kind of try and pretend that if you follow Jesus, everything's going to be just great all the time, easy and nice pretty damaging that isn't it because when it doesn't work out that way and you know actually if we take verse 17 seriously there says you know it's talking about if we are children then we're heirs if indeed we share in his sufferings I mean if we are followers of the suffering servant king we can expect can't we to experience some difficulties some suffering ourselves the true path It is a narrow path, not an easy path, isn't it? And uh, who wrote these words in Romans? Apostle Paul? Think about his life. And uh, my mind goes to that passage in 2 Corinthians, and you will know this one, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, where he's talking about, you know, he talks about being a servant of Christ. He says, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged more severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was, this is a bit of a long list. Once I was pelted uh, with with stones three times I was shipwrecked I spent a night and a day in the open sea I haven't done that this year have you uh, I've been constantly on the move I've been in danger from rivers 
we can relate to that one uh, I've been in dangers in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false believers. I have laboured and toiled, have often gone without sleep. I have known hunger and thirst, and have often gone without food. I've been cold and naked. Besides everything else, I face daily the pressure of my concern for all the churches. Who is weak and I do not feel weak? Who is led into sin and I do not inwardly burn? And he's making a whole point there. that, But um, it is a picture of <laughs> what it was like for Paul. And yet when we open up his letters, not just this letter to the Roman church, so often Paul is overflowing with thanks. Wow. And so, um, you know, this passage, this little passage now gives us some reasons why he can do that. Why in the face of all of that can he still be someone who is thankful for God? The, the great thing about this, of course, is that his reasons are our reasons too because his king and his Lord and his saviour is the same king and the same Lord and the same saviour as you and I have. So, you know, this sense, you know, we, we, we're going to be thanking God together later. We want to thank him for the good things. We absolutely do. The easy things, the blessings, the nice things. But we also want to be thanking him for the hope that we have that sustains us and that is bigger than even the darkest struggles we face. Is that right? That's what we want to do. Uh, so I hope you've had a little think about some of the things that you might want to share. Um, you might have something very significant. You might have something that is just little, but... It, it, it is so encouraging just to share all these things with each other. Um, now, I'm actually going to draw out four reasons why we can be thankful out of this passage that are kind of those big reasons. And as I do that, and they'll go up on the screen as we go, I want you to be thinking if there is one of them that relates most closely to something that you might be willing, willing to share with us. And uh, so we're going to be giving little cards out later and they're four different colours and there's a colour for each of these reasons. So you might choose the one, the card, that is the colour that relates to the reason that kind of connects with you. And if that's all too complicated, just choose any card, that's fine. The four colours will at least make it pretty. Um, but think about it. If there's one here that particularly resonates, choose the appropriate card. Um, even if you're not planning to share publicly and maybe you're just too shy or, or something, um, we'll all be writing something down that we're thankful for and we'll all, at the end, be able to stick it up here. We're going to stick all these thanks on this chair and we'll, we'll, we'll leave it sitting here for a while as a reminder of God's blessing. Okay, so what are some of the reasons out of this passage why even Paul, with his experience, and us, no matter what, we can be thankful people and the first one to highlight i reckon is that our sufferings simply do not compare to the glory that will be revealed in us that's verse 18 isn't it i consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us now if we truly believe that is that not going to change everything 
you know, and, and I love the language there, and I'm not reading it all again now, but this, this idea the whole creation is groaning, right? As it looks forward to when Christ returns and everything is actually going to be as it's supposed to be. Think of all the environmental problems we face today. Think of all the challenges, flood and drought and fire and earthquake and volcano, all the things. And yet, so there's this sense in which the creation, the very world we live in is groaning. But not just the creation, here in verse 23, we are groaning, is, is what it says. It's like we are, we are yearning, is the sense here, to be what we will one day be in Christ. We will be what we were meant to be. We will leave our brokenness behind and we'll live in the glory of the people of God in all that fullness in heaven. So there's this sense of groaning and it even said, you know, it talks about our hope giving us strength to persevere as we look to that future. And, you know, we don't even know what to pray, but the Spirit helps us as we, as we kind of yearn and reach out to God. You know, Paul writes these words when we read this kind of language we know he's writing as someone he doesn't write lightly he writes as someone who knows the struggle now whatever it is he's he's one he may not know exactly your struggle but he's he understands suffering and and yet faith in the midst of that he feels the suffering of others so why can we say thanks no matter what well one reason we can say thanks is is for the future glory that fullness of life we will one day know that puts a whole new perspective on whatever it is that we might be living through now. True? That's one reason. Think about if that relates uh, to what you might want to thank God for today. Here's the second reason. God won't let us down. Look at verse 28 again, just the beginning of that little section. It says, and we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him. In all things, he works for the good of those who love him. You know, and there's all that language there about how he foreknew us, he predestined us to be conformed to what we're, we're made to be, right? We are called, we are justified, and ultimately we are glorified in him. He's got it. He's got it. Uh, he's got it. We can trust him. Our future glory is in the hands of the one who has already acted through Jesus, through his own, through his own son at great cost to himself and, and worked in our lives through his spirit to bring us to him. He is the one in whom our hope lies. It's not as if he's going to call us and change us and then abandon us. He's not going to do that. And it, it, he, is, he is trustworthy. We can trust him. Now, our present struggles have to be viewed from a perspective that stretches from God's foreknowledge before even human history began through to God's assured completing of his big and loving purposes at the end of history. That's how we view our struggles in that context, trusting in that one that has that big picture, we can say thank God will not let us down. Trust him with our future. That's the second reason for us to have in mind today out of this passage. 
The third reason that Paul shares with us here is this idea that no opposition can stand against what God is going to want to do. No opposition. Right? But look at verse 31 there again. What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, then who can be against us? If God is for us, then who can be against us? And it talks about that in those few verses there. He didn't even spare his own son. What wouldn't he give us? What wouldn't he give us? God justifies us. Who can accuse us? Jesus died. He rose. He intercedes with the Father for us. Who can condemn us? We can say thanks because no opposition counts for anything in the face of the cross of Christ and God's saving love. No opposition stands. That's a third reason why we can be thankful, no matter what. And the fourth reason I just want to share with you out of this passage today, and I'm going to read those last few verses again because these are right up there amongst some of my favourites. Verses 35 to 39 and it's all about nothing can separate us from the love of God 35 who shall separate us from the love of Christ shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword it's almost like Paul is going back through that list of things that he's experienced shall any of these things as it is written for your sake we face death all day long we are considered as sheep to be slaughtered that's a quote from psalm 44 verse 22 to remind us that god's people have always faced struggles and suffering it's it's what what happens for the people of god right no verse 37 in all these things we are more than conquerors it's not that we just kind of slip by and he he says oh okay i still love you it's this this kind of lavishing of his love on us and to the point where all these things it's not just as if we just get through them we are more than conquerors because of his love for i am convinced that neither death nor life death nor life neither angels nor demons that whole spiritual thing neither the present nor the future what are you for worried about in the future nor any powers neither height nor depth nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god that is in christ jesus our lord nothing can separate not even a pandemic or floods or whatever lies ahead nothing can separate us more than conquerors so no matter what is going on we can say thanks here's our fourth reason for the amazing unfathomable love of God in Christ that is bigger than anything anything that life might throw at us and it means that we are more than conquerors so there you have it there's four reasons so we've got cards in each of those four colors so I'm going to ask you in a, in a moment to choose one of them um, choose one that relates to a thanksgiving that you want to make and if you can't see a direct connection that's okay just choose any color um, now I need four helpers who I haven't lined up so um, can we do that now we've got uh, these cards here and if we can give them out Helen I know you're always willing to help thank you and poor Erica is my wife so she's always willing to help 
And does someone else want to? Thanks, Don. Good on you, mate. So pass these round. Walk around and, and if thanks, Angie. And if you um, want to tell them which colour you want, if you've got pens, good. I'm about to grab some more pens and bring them out for people that need them. So you think about, we've got a little moment now, just a quiet moment for you individually to think about, reflect on and write down something that you're thankful for. Now you might then be brave enough to come up and share that with us all, but even if you're not, you write something down that you can afterwards just put on that chair. This is a time to think for yourself, and you might have 20 things. So just take this time to prayerfully reflect and write down one thing that you're thankful about. Okay, I'm just going to give you a moment.